Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Film Nerds. I'm your host, Matt Hinshaw. Joining me again this week, I don't think I can call him a guest co-host anymore because he now officially has more episodes on this podcast than the co-founder of this podcast, Seth. But let's bring him on in. Here's my buddy, Mike. Hello, everybody. So, Mike, what movie did we see this week? We watched Red Sparrow, uh, starring uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Joel Edgerton and Jeremy Irons. Uh, The Red Sparrow is a young Russian intelligence officer is assigned to seduce a first-tour CIA agent who handles the CIA's most sensitive penetration of Russia Russian intelligence. The two young officers collide in a charged atmosphere of trade craft, deception, and inavailability forbidden passion that threatens not just their lives, but the lives of others as well. Nice. Nice. I probably should have just given you a minute instead of making you read the thing right off the bat, but hey, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> nice job, Mike. Nice job. Yeah, thanks, man. So, Red Sparrow. I personally was not a huge fan of this movie. I like spy movies. They're okay. The problem I had with this one was it seemed like a lot of torture and a lot of almost like uh, murder kind of porn, you know, like horror kind of murder porn stuff. They're just constantly being beaten down and tortured and, you know, that's fine. I understand that's what they're trying to show in this world of spying, but I just didn't, it didn't work for me. So I don't know. I I still thought it was a decent movie, but it wasn't amazing, incredible, you know, you gotta go see it kind of thing. What'd you think of it? I really liked it. It was was a very good spy movie. I liked all the twists and turns that this movie kind of had. It kind of kept me guessing. As someone who watches quite a lot of movies, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. And I like that. I, I like the twists and turns. I can see why you would think it was kind of that torture. I guess they, they call it kind of like torture porn, like yeah, you know, saw, yeah, saw like, movies or or hostile movies. Yeah, exactly, stuff like that. It. I mean, I I understand they're trying to show that's what this whole spy world is going for, and that they're going to do whatever they have to do to try to get the information that they want. But. Okay, fine. Have like one or two or three scenes like that. Not like 90% of the freaking movie, you know? Like even the uh, scenes where they're training Jennifer Lawrence on, you know, basically how to not give a shit about her body and just have sex with whoever, whatever, whenever to get the information out of them. Okay, fine. Do that. And then have like one or two scenes where she's being tortured or the other guy's being tortured for their information and they don't crack. Don't. It just seems like that's all they did. Like, they just constantly had that in there. I don't know. I mean, you're right. They had quite a bit of uh, different uh, torture scenes, and maybe it was a little overdrawn, and you you got the idea for one or two, and maybe they just need to imply that, you know, if there's stuff going to happen again, they didn't need to show it. But, like, uh, I mean, yes, there there were quite a few of those scenes. But I still, I don't know. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was... It made it more intense, but maybe it was just the mood I was in that day. <laughs> well, I I enjoyed the opening and the premise, how she's, Jennifer Lawrence is this 
big successful ballerina who's trying to support her mother there's no mention of what happened to her father at all or anything like that and she suffers a horrific horrific accident in one of the shows and i mean it's just not like oh she broke her leg i mean that fool straight up shattered her leg so that that got me thinking in the back of my mind later on that i'm wondering if the guy that shattered her leg her co-dancer or whatever you would say in the in the ballet production i'm wondering if her uncle who ends up being the puppet master for the whole thing is the one that had him do that to her yeah i i think matt throughout the movie they implied that that is the truth uh jeremy iron's character uh general Korchnoe. i did not say that right at all but it's k-o-r-c-h-n-o I. What do you mean? You're not Russian and you can't pronounce Russian names? I can't pronounce normal names. <laughs> so so I I think what his point was when they have a meeting or well he runs into her at the hospital after one of her many um beatings is uh that uh they always they always know or they're always controlling everything in your life whether you know it or not and you need to see the big picture so everything that even her becoming a ballerina and and her ascension to the show and the production to the level that she got was all orchestrated by her uncle and and the country he was just trying to help her see that and that's what i thought so yeah man i think i i think the uncle her her uncle was behind the guy doing that well Clearly, you think it's more than that. It sounds like he's the puppet master of her entire life. Like, maybe they never mention whatever happened to her father. Maybe her father was murdered by her uncle. Yeah, that's that could be. I mean, they mentioned that, the you know, her, her uncle, which is her father's brother. Who mistakenly looks a lot like Vladimir Putin, by the way. Uh, did he? Well, I get Oh, yeah, dude, okay. he, yeah, he looked yeah, so yeah, much like all him. Right. All right, yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, there so, were there were definitely a lot of undertones. I guess you would say politically on our climate in the U.S. and Russian relations right now with this movie, even though this movie was again probably filmed two or three years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did mention some stuff in um, when she was in uh, the Red Sparrow School or whatever. Um, the the teacher mentioned that. The Americans are just obsessed with social media and other dumb things. Shop, and shopping and social media. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember that line. I thought that was one of the better lines. Yeah, I was like, wow, yeah. That's pretty much right. Cool. Yeah, they're getting like fat and lazy and obsessed with shopping and social media or something. I don't remember the exact line, but it was something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was along those lines. I remember that line being like, wow, I, that's pretty right on. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. If you sit there and you think about it and you compare it to even, like, say, the Cold War era and things like that, it's a much, much, much different world than what it is now. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I like this movie. I, I mean, I guess there were a lot of torture slash fighting scenes but most of the fighting kind of was more torture well yes and no i mean not so much the fighting like when they were like you know boxing it out and stuff like that and getting into brawls and things 
I didn't think that was so much the torture. The torture came more like when, you know, the towards the end, the whole scene where her own country was sitting there trying to get information out of her to see if she is the head flip to the U.S. And then the whole scene where, you know, banging the, uh, Joel Egerton's character, she wakes up because she hears noises and he's missing and he's sitting there in the kitchen strapped to a chair and he's about to get tortured and it's just like... Okay, fine, show that, but don't sit there and watch me, you know, watch them take, like, skin off of him, like, with a skin graft. I mean, that was just brutal. Brutal. Don't get me wrong, I'm not some person that's 100% against violence and action and all that stuff in movies and video games, but that was just a whole nother level using, like, a skin graft and, like, basically, like, pulling, like, layers of almost, like, cheese off this dude's skin. It was pretty wild. Yeah, definitely was. You know, maybe have just that one scene and don't have her, you know, show her like strapped down and then show her being like escorted off into a room and then it cuts away or whatever. But it shows like almost right after that, her being tortured by her uncle and this chick and being like waterboarded and all this crazy shit. It's like, okay, you don't. Okay, fine. Do two minutes of that. It didn't need to keep going and going and going and going and going. Like, yes, the part at the end of the torture where the lady's like, okay, and she pulls out the gun and puts it to her head. Yeah, you got to have that in there. That really made that whole kind of torture thing. But yeah, not you could have lived without all of it going up to it. I mean, okay, fine. Show a little bit of it. But it was just like, oh, my God, now they're doing this tour. Now they're doing this tour. Now they're it's just like, fuck. Really? I don't know. That's just what I felt. In my mind, it just uh, was trying to emphasize that how much different the Russian uh, culture and and their uh, absolute pursuit of winning and making sure that they put us down as Americans. So I I, I didn't see it probably quite a, like you did, but um, I. I I just had a thought, Matt, while you were talking. Did it hurt? Yes. Yes, it did. Okay. So you don't know why, but her her mother seems to be sick with something and has tremendous amount of medical bills and can't get around as well and stuff. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if her uncle was responsible for her getting sick to make sure that she could manipulate you know, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character, uh, Dominika Igorova. Eh, close um, enough. I, I don't know. It seems like they would go like when the movie kind of ends, you're like, there's no length that they would go, wouldn't go to get what they want. And it's really just a batter, battle of wills, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Well, what, um, not to jump like all the way to the end, but what did you think about the majority of the ending of the film where you finally kind of get an answer on which side she's on because she turns her uncle over and says he's the spy? Spoiler alert, but yeah. Turns the uncle over and says he's the mole that they've been searching for this whole time. And he's like, yeah, you killed me. And, you know, there are, there's a Russian sniper and guns him down right there. And then she goes on and she you know, goes back in the actual mole gets to live on and be in that. And so do you, 
I don't know. The whole movie just kept me guessing. Is she working for the U.S.? Is she working for the Russians? Which one is she really siding with? And that's one of those things that really, really, really bothered me about this movie. I don't mind it going back and forth a little bit, but it seemed like every 15 minutes she was on the other side. Yeah, I... I there is some flip-flopping that some. continues to happen. Well, okay, Dude, like, like it's maybe like, like constant... five or six times. No, it's more than five or six times. It's like effing constant. Constant. I don't know, man. I th- I think it was just like five or six times. Oh, uh, no. No way. Every single time you turned around, she was the on the other side. I think they should have just introduced like another country, maybe uh, Germany or something. And then maybe she could have done that, too. You know, there's just so much f- damn flip flopping. She's like a politician. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you would have to be. I, I, I don't know. It was a, t- it's a tough situation, man. It was a tough situation. I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I don't think the flip flopping bothered me. Uh, obviously, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Well, I don't mind it. I just minded how much they did it and they kept doing 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 it it seemed like it was almost like a crutch in the storytelling like well this story's kind of interesting but it's not that interesting so let's just flip-flop it again i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm reading into it too much yeah maybe so matt i was busy researching trying to figure out how i could relate this to the marvel cinematic universe yep our new segment how does yes. this movie relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So, Michael, how does Red Sparrow relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, I'm kind of stretching it on this one. So, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence uh, was in X-Men First Class as... Um, Mystique. Yeah, Mystique. I almost forgot. A young, and- attractive Mystique, which the... Original Mystique, played by Rebecca Romaine Stamos, back then. I think it's just Rebecca Romaine. Nah, nah, back then it was Stamos, though. <laughs> I'm giving it her, her due. All right. You know? But yeah, no, she she killed it as Mystique, you know, in the original X-Men movies. And she was quite attractive as well. Yeah, and I guess the reason it's kind of a stretch is X-Men's technically kind of Fox- Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that that includes like Deadpool and like Wolverine stuff that they've. Yeah, all the X Men. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. So how does it relate? Is it because Disneyland, not Disneyland, Disney bought Fox and now owns all of the uh, X Men characters too? Is that what you're trying to say, Michael? Yeah. Well. I'm not sure if that deal is all the way done. We've we kind of talked about that before, but um, we're just going to assume it's done. And that way it makes my job much easier of relating it to Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. 
But see, I I'm wondering if they're even going to take the Marvel the X-Men universe and merge it with the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that would mean they would have to acknowledge Deadpool and keep making Deadpool movies and, you know, get a new Wolverine or pay uh what's his face lots and lots and lots of money to continue being Wolverine, but I think he's too old now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I imagine they're gonna try and recast it. Man, I can't think of his name right now either. I'm gonna cheat. Uh oh. To the internets. Yes. To the internets. Well, who would you like to see play uh Wolverine in like any future Wolverine movies? I don't know. You don't really have anyone that just sticks out in your mind that would be really awesome? No, I I Hmm. Do you have anybody, Matt? I'm not I'm not Hugh Jackman. Oh, how could I forget Hugh Jackman? But anyway, uh Hugh Jackman who plays Wolverine right now or Logan. Do you know what? Let's just go ahead and give it to John Boyega because he seems to be doing just about everything else now. So why not just make a black Wolverine? Okay. All right. That could be different. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, on a kind of a, a sidetrack, I, I, I was watching when I was watching a, a movie this weekend. I'm not going to say which movie because we'll review it later. You can say uh, what movie. It's a teaser for a future episode. I watched uh, Death Wish. There's a trailer for Deadpool 2 on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cable is going to be played by... Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Uh-huh. Well, Josh Brolin is also Thanos. Yep. Which is a bit of a pickle. Yes. And Josh Brolin is... Uh, I think he was in something else, too. He's been in lots and lots of movies. Josh Brolin's kind of, like, starting to become, like, this big-time, big-time actor. Well, you know, Sicario 2's coming out, and he's the main actor in that. Yep. So, I I, I thought it was a little weird that he's in the same Marvel Cinematic Universe as two characters. Although Thanos is all CGI... Still, yes, yes, and no, yes, and no. A lot, a lot of him is CGI, but not all of him is CGI. I was reading something about that earlier. Like, basically, anything where he's like interacting with others, he's CGI, where he's kind of by himself. I think it's a a altered like CGI kind of thing, but anyways, no, so okay, I can explain that because. Just as we were talking earlier about how the X-Men are in the Fox universe, which technically isn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if Disney buys it, they still haven't even said if they're going to merge the two together. And so Cable being a good guy uh, in the X-Men world and Thanos being the bad guy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will work, at least for now. Unless they introduce all those characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I don't know how they're not going to, because basically the new Deadpool movie is going to be the start and the introduction of X-Force, which is, uh, you know, um, Cable and Deadpool and Domino and kind of a ragtag bunch of Avengers, worse than the Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy are always kind of fun and you know, space-oriented, all that stuff. X-Force is more time-travel-oriented and things like that. And, you know, that's where um, Cable comes from, is the future. 
He's the uh, future child of uh, Jean Grey and uh, Scott Summers. I might have that wrong, but I, I know he for sure is Scott Summers' son. He might not be Jean Grey's son, though. Anyways, okay. doesn't matter. Okay. But so he's technically a mutant as well. And the reason why he's all metal and like half cyborg and all that shit is because he's from the future and he had a horrible accident and all this other shit. And so the X-Force is kind of like uh, this ragtag X-Men group slash Avengers slash Guardians kind of group. Okay. And there's supposed to be an X-Force movie after down the road after Deadpool 2, but Deadpool 2 is the introduction of Cable and the rest of the X-Force crew. So. Oh, all right. Well, good good sidetrack, Matt. Good sidetrack. It's a hell of a sidetrack since we're talking about Red Sparrow. <laughs> I think we might have to change the name of the podcast. <laughs> to sidetrack? To we Nerds? talk yeah, we talk about nothing but Marvel Cinematic Universe and Deadpool and Star Wars. <laughs> Well, you haven't even mentioned Star Wars, Matt. You no, I mentioned nah, something. No, 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 no. I got Choose. John Boyega in there as Wolverine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> even though I'm not a super huge fan of his role in Last Jedi, I what thought about... his role in The Force Awakens was not bad, but The Last Jedi was garbage. What about his new movie, Pacific Rim Rising, or whatever? Did that come out? Pacific Rim Dose? I don't know. That's I think that comes out in May, maybe? I don't know. They're they're publicizing the hell out of it. I've been seeing trailers for that thing since, like, November. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I like the original Pacific Rim, but this one doesn't have Guillermo del Toro, you know, even involved in it. I know, and that's that's terrible, because now he's an he's a Oscar-winning director. Yeah, it probably would have boosted it up a little bit. Yeah, probably as would far have. As, as far as ticket sales, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably go see it because, I mean, I, I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, I I, I thought it was okay. Oh, um, uh, it is what it is. It was a monster movie. It was silly. It was, you know, I yeah. not super serious. My favorite character was the main guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy. I'm spacing on his name. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, Charlie something. something. Charlie Hoonan? Hoonan or? Yeah. Hunnam? Charlie Sun- Hunnam. Yeah. Hunnam. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought he was awesome. All right. Yeah. So I want to keep going off on other things. So we need to get back on Red Sparrow somehow. All right. So Red Sparrow, Matt. Give Jennifer me Lawrence. Jenner- Jennifer Lawrence gets naked. So that's totally five reels out of five on that. <laughs> Although so that's one worth thing. The price of admission for that, huh? Oh, dude. That or you can just Google it. I mean, you know, everybody remembers the fappening. That was one thing that I found really interesting is how leading up to the release of this film, people were talking about, and Jennifer Lawrence herself, about how it's her first full nude scene in a movie. It had you thinking going in that it's going to be like a sex scene with uh, uh, Joel Egerton, and it was going to be erotic and all this other stuff, and it totally was not. It was the exact opposite. It was... It's it was disturbing. Yeah, it was really disturbing. Like, really disturbing. It was... I understand the scene, and it made sense, and I'm kind of glad it was in there. Because, not to throw it towards the hashtag me too kind of thing, but it all kind of played in on that, you know? Where she was this 
fellow student tried to rape her and she like wouldn't have it and beat the shit out of him and she got in trouble for that and then in class they make her like have him try and come and have sex with her and all this other stuff and it shows that all he wanted was the power over her and by her giving in and trying to force him to come and you know have sex with her and all this stuff he broke down and couldn't do it and lost it and couldn't even you know perform i guess is a good way to say it yeah 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 it was just showing that, you know, rapists aren't in it for having sex and all that other stuff. They're just trying to control another person. And I thought yeah. that was really kind of, uh, it was dark, but I thought that was a really fascinating part of the movie. Yeah, it was dark. Um, Regardless, she got naked or not. I just thought that was just really, you know, you, how many times have you ever seen that in television or on movies or whatever? I mean, it was just very fascinating because most of the time, you know, when they, someone gets raped, like in the Sopranos or any of those other ones, it just kind of is horrible, just absolutely right. horrific kind of thing. And this one shows, you know, the woman taking charge and making the guy feel like a piece of shit for, you know, anyways, taking the yeah. power away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Jennifer Lawrence's character in this movie is very good at figuring out people's, um, I guess, motivations, which makes her a very good spy. She can read people very well, or at least that's what they they want you to believe in the in the movie. So um, she knew what this guy wanted in the school, which she wasn't in for very long. Uh, she did well at that stuff. Yeah, they didn't really say how long she had been there. I I would think it was probably like three or four months at least. But you're right. You know, for her to be this badass super spy, learning how to shoot a gun and, you know, kill people and all this other stuff, she didn't spend a whole lot of time training. That's for sure. No, no. She she didn't need to. She knew what she needed to know, mostly. Um, But, I mean, she also got the crap kicked out of her more times than not, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so to answer your question on how many reels I give Red Sparrow, I am going to go with two and a half out of five. Two and a half out of five. Man, this is your harshest review, Matt. Harshest. Oh, yeah. I, I was not a super huge fan. Like I said, there were scenes that I thought were very good. Like, you know, for instance, the one we were just talking about. And the overall tone of the movie wasn't bad, but the there's just a lot of stuff that rubbed me the wrong way. Mary Louise Parker, incredible actor. She did an amazing job for literally the five minutes she was in the movie. Like, she was so underused. You're right. She was, she was only in it for, yeah, maybe five minutes. Yeah. And, and floppy disks? Are you effing kidding me? Floppy disks. Man, it wasn't about the technology. You don't, don't know exactly what. Yeah, yeah. It was floppy true. disks. They should have right. had one USB key or a CD or something. I mean, I haven't put shit on a floppy disk since I was in elementary school. It's yeah. just the facts. Yeah. You know? All right. So if it was supposed to take place in the 80s, then fine. But I don't think it was supposed to. Not by the cars they were driving. It's true. It's true, man. I think it was supposed to be modern day. That yeah. was a very weird technology media choice. Just have a USB drive or a CD. 
I, I would have believed either one of those. That that was just, uh, now I'm just getting nitpicky. So the under, and Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is a fantastic actor. I think the parts that he played were pivotal, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of him as well. Yeah. No, you're. he's not in it that much, but, you know, his parts were important. So he did good for when he was in it, but he's not in it very much. So Right. Much like Mary Louise Parker. Her part was very important. She, you know, played a drunken, you know, screw up senator's aide. Well, very well. Yes. You know, you can, you believe that she, you know, is this idiot and she doesn't even think about, you know, everything going on and grabbing the money and all this other shit. And then bam, that's it. She doesn't even pay attention to walking across the street. Perfect. Nailed it. You know? All right, Mike. So what do you think? Matt, I'm going to give this a three and a half reels. Is that your highest rating yet? Yes, it is. So wow. your lowest and my highest. I like this one a lot more than you, obviously. You still only said three and a half reels, so you're giving it a C plus. I guess. If that's how – I don't know the – yeah. Well, think about it. A five is an A. A okay. B is a four. A three right. would be a C, so a three point five would be a C plus. Alright. It's a C plus. <laughs> so it's just above average. It's not better than average. Right. I I don't think we've See, had I got you trapped now. <laughs> yeah, you, you you did get me. I, I don't think we've had a four or a five real movie on review yet. But I'm sure I'm sure there's one coming. Yeah, I've handed out a couple couple fours i think didn't i i don't know i don't remember you know not to keep going back on our rating system but my feelings is if it's a five like that's like an earth shattering kind of like not earth shattering but like a movie you have to see as soon as you can you know like it makes it's either incredibly 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 well done or it has an incredible story or all of the above kind of thing what would you consider a a five real movie mike just off the top of my head, and I yeah, watched just, it recently. Just, is... No, well, not even recently. Just of all time, like is Shawshank Redemption a five, five? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. so that and that, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, one that I recently watched just um, was uh, Hidden Figures. I really enjoyed. that Oh movie. yeah, that movie was incredible, incredible. Gosh, when I was watching, uh, was that? 2016 academy awards because that's one of my things i try and see all the movies that are nominated for the movie of the year before the oscars and try and figure out what's going to win and so i try and see all of them and when i saw hidden figures and then that other one that i'm now super spacing on the name it was on netflix for a while lion the one about the the little Indian kid that gets lost. Yes, Lion. Yeah, yeah. I think that's those, what it's called. Yeah. Those two movies were just incredible. I don't know how the hell that piece of trash Moonlight won. I thought Moonlight was terrible. Uh. Anyways, <sighs> sorry, it's man. All in the, it's all in the past now. So, but those two movies were fantastic. Hidden Figures and Lion. Oh, so good. I can go on and on and on about stuff like that. But so yeah. can just about anybody that loves cinematography or photo- not photography, movies, film, whatever. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, 
You got anything else on Red Sparrow? No, I, I really liked it. Uh, I mean, liked it enough to give it a C plus or a three and a half reels. <laughs> three and a half reels for you, two and a half reels for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I didn't think it was like a waste of time or anything. Would I go tell everybody to see it? Mm, I don't know. I, I, I did tell you to go see it because I liked it. Um, I think you would have seen this one anyway, especially since Jennifer Lawrence was in it, but. Oh yeah, well just because I rated it at a, a two and a half doesn't mean I'm not going to go see it. I'm for sure going to go see it, especially in the theaters. Uh, you know, action-packed film like this. It's just, I don't know if it's for everyone. You know, it's not one of those movies I'd go see again in the theaters. Uh, maybe when it comes out on Blu-ray or whatever and it floats by on Netflix or HBO Go or something like that, I'll, I'll flick it on for a little bit. But for me... It's not one of those diehard, I have to go see it kind of movies. It was good. I'm not saying it was a horrible piece of trash, but it just wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't the best thing in the world to me. Mm, okay. Well. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think if you have the time and there's nothing else out you really haven't seen, sure, go pop by and go see it in the theaters. If not, you can wait until it comes out on Blu-ray. It's not. I mean, yeah. there's there's some beautiful scenes that look really nice on the big screen. Like, you know, the opening sequences were really where she's dancing and stuff are really, really shot well. A lot of the action scenes and stuff, you know, I, I don't think you really have to have it on a big screen. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Unless you got something else you want to add. Nope. I think that completes this review. So, uh, what do you think are we, we're going to do next? You think Death Wish or Tomb Raider or what? Well, um, I did watch Death Wish, but I get the feeling that um, I should probably watch Tomb Raider. So, I'm <laughs> going to try and watch Tomb Raider uh, this weekend or, or sometime during the week, this coming well, week. All right. Well, let's just do this. We'll just do both. I will go and I will try and see Death Wish. For those of you who do not know, I already went and saw Tomb Raider. I saw it on opening night. So that's what will be coming down the pike. We'll do Death Wish and we'll do Tomb Raider. We'll do both of them. So stay tuned, everyone. And on that note, I guess we will just go ahead and close it out. If you want to reach Mike or I, your official new co-host of the Real Film Nerds podcast, I guess you can't really say new since he's been around now for four episodes straight. You can email either of us at nerds at realfilmnerds.com dot com or our individual names matt at realfilmnerds.com or mike at realfilmnerds.com we would love to get some feedback also we are now on itunes and stitcher podbean and any of those sources where you can easily find a podcast real film nerds is there do us a favor go rate us on itunes we have zero ratings right now if you go and rate us be it good be it bad whatever it starts getting our name out there more people listening to us and so on and so forth and hopefully this little shindig of ours will grow go like us rate us email us whatever until next time take it easy thank you for listening to the real film nerds now don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at real film nerds now go out and catch a movie